Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers, to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Please go to the new podcast episodes page of todaysautisticmoment.com where you will find the lineup for the new shows with the descriptions of each show from now through the end of May. When I publish new shows, you can click on the title and guest of each show to listen to the episodes. You will also find the program script that includes all of the hyperlinks I mention on each show and the interview transcript links will be available to download. Interview transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. All 24 episodes of Season 1 in 2021 with their transcripts are available on the episode index page. Also, be sure to follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Please join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook, where you can talk with me and other listeners. The first live virtual event of Autistic Voices Roundtable Discussions for 2022 will be on February 23rd, at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. The topic will be Stop the Shock. In March 2020, the Food and Drug Administration sought to ban the use of shock devices as a way of treating autistic people and other disabled people. In July of 2021, federal judges in a two-to-one decision ruled that the ban interferes with the ability of doctors at the Judge Rottenberg Educational Center to Practice Medicine. Since that decision, a movement called by the hashtag StopTheShock has been organizing to talk about this dangerous practice and work to end its use. I am seeking six autistic individuals to have a roundtable discussion about the Stop the Shock movement. If you wish to be a panelist, please go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash autistic voices forward slash by January 31st and click on the link to apply to be a panelist. You can also find there a link to the article in the New York Times, Court Overturns FDA Ban on Schools Electric Shock Devices to read up on this topic. About eight years ago, I had all of my teeth extracted. 
After they were removed, I realized for the first time how much pain I had been in for years. Later, I had someone say to me, I was surprised that you weren't in excruciating pain. Perhaps you have witnessed an autistic person who has been near a hot grill or stove and put their hands really close or gotten burned and they have no expression of pain on their face. The other possibility is that an autistic person can be in so much pain physically and emotionally that they cannot hardly get up in the morning or move very far without mobility at assistance devices in order to function from one day to the other. In addition to many of my own challenges as an autistic person, I have chronic back pain due to a lumbar disc protrusion and hip pain because of bursitis. I am a part-time wheelchair user because walking too far is so very painful. I know of many autistic adults who live with very intense pain due to the amount of trauma they have experienced. In 2019, I attended a breakout session about chronic pain management with my guest for today's show. Erin Brandel Dykeisen is a licensed social worker in St. Paul, Minnesota, who works with autistic individuals so that they can better manage their pain. What makes Erin unique from others is that she understands that autistics experience pain in unique ways from neurotypical people. Erin meets with autistic individuals all the time who have gone to doctors and psychologists who have told them that autism has nothing to do with their pain. They have been told that their pain is in their heads and to just put it out of their minds. Erin knows and understands that pain for autistics is real and how our sensory processing disorders and trauma affects how we experience, communicate about, and manage pain. After this first commercial break, I will welcome Erin and begin our conversation. Erin will explain some basics about the experience of pain to help us begin to learn how to manage it. Please stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, and Stitcher. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro 
and Greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org. Welcome back, and now it is my privilege to introduce Erin Brandel Dykeisen as we discuss chronic pain management for autistic adults. Erin Brandel Dykeisen, thank you so very much for being on this episode of today's Autistic Moment. It is my pleasure to welcome you on my show today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, uh, two years ago, I attended the um, annual conference for uh, um, the state annual autism conference with the Autism Society of Minnesota. And uh, I heard you give a, a very informative and, and may I say superb um, workshop about chronic pain management for autistic people. And um, I felt that it was a good idea to, um, to have a show that talks about chronic pain management. Um, there's a lot of things to be understood. Um, and I think it would be helpful for many autistics to hear what you have to say. So, um, so I'll begin with my first question, as I always do. What important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of chronic pain management for autistic adults? Well, there's there's a lot. I think I would I would start with just having the knowledge, um, particularly for caregivers. Um, but I mean, as as autistic adults, you you would know this instinctively that autistic people process pain differently from neurotypical people. And so there's both hypo and hypersensitivity involved. Um, so, and it can be both the same person can have hyposensitivity and hypersensitivity. Um, so that's, that's one thing to know. An another kind of broad thing to know is that, um, chronic stress and trauma plays a huge role in pain processing. 
And when someone is under chronic stress or has experienced trauma, um, their system is going to be more sensitive to pain and will experience pain in a way where it, it more um, significantly impacts their life. Yeah. Um, and then I, I would also say a really important thing for, um, for caregivers to know um, is to know that the, um, the outward um, appearance of the autistic person that you're caring for, whether you're a, a parent or other sort of caregiver or a medical or mental health professional, is that you may not be able to tell from facial expressions that um, the autistic person you're you're working with is in pain or to the degree to which they're in pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I can certainly attest to this. Um, I do live with chronic back pain. Sure. And um, it wasn't until I attended your lecture, your, 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 your workshop a, a few years ago that I finally understood what had, had happened to me. And um, so let, let's, um, I'm going to use it to help us get a little bit more, more information in here. But um, um, up until 2018, I was very hyposensitive to that pain, to the point where I had no idea exactly how much pain my body was in. Sure. I, I might have felt some soreness in my back or hip. But I hadn't, but, you know, and I just figured, well, you know, I'm getting into my 50s. I just don't, you know, that sort of thing. But it wasn't until, like I said, um, November of 2018, that suddenly that pain went from hypo to hyper. Mm -hmm. And when it got to be hypersensitive, I was in so much agony pain that it was next to impossible to tell somebody just how much pain I was in. Sure. You know, and, and and it was my my own therapist at the time who explained to me after I attended your your workshop that he, he explained, well, what actually happened there was he said he said when it went into um, hypersensitivity, basically the neurological receptors of your brain are now overproducing exactly how much pain you're in. And so it's actually more intense than you can probably explain to someone not familiar with autism and how that works. So let's talk a little bit about that more, if you please. Sure, sure. So um, yeah, uh, and I, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry that you've had to experience this. It's unfortunately mm. all too common. Um, and um, yeah, so um, yeah, I, it might be helpful to kind of go through just how pain works in the brain. Um, so uh, just a very, very basic information, because a lot of times um, I think the general view in our society is that um, physical injury equals pain, right? Um, when that is not, that is not the case. There, it's, it's more complicated than that. So you have a stimulus and then that stimulus um, it, it can be something physiological going wrong. It could be something else. Um, but in any case, it sends a signal to your brain um, and goes into the part of the brain, the thalamus, which is like the routing station of the brain. And the thalamus then sends that information to other parts of the brain. And very important is that next to that is the amygdala. 
And the amygdala is our emotional center of the brain and also our threat detector because some of the most basic emotions that we, we can think about are, are fear, right? Um, that's probably the first one we needed as, as human beings in order to survive. And so when the amygdala um, gets that information, um, that, those signals, it determines whether it's a threat or not. And so when you have that information from your body, the sort of uh, pain information, the amygdala can either amplify that by saying like, oh no, it's a threat, we're in danger, or it can dial that back down to say like, oh no, we're safe. So, yeah. So therefore I think it's fair to say that pain as far for the autistic um, when it comes to our sensory processing, probably is a lot about interoception. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just a sense of how the body is, the, bo- the brain is responding to a message from the body, you know, right. because, yeah, we're talking, you know, when we talk about autism, we, we, I keep remembering it's, it's, it's the brain often processing itself as to how it's experiencing things. So, you know, yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, another, another thing to kind of keep in mind on that, um, uh, on the topic of interoception is that a a lot of times I'll, I'll see autistic individuals coming in to see me and it, it will be, we'll need to kind of pull apart, like what's anxiety, what's pain, how do they play together? I mean, and not just autistic individuals, we all, like everybody mm. has this to some degree, but uh, some degree, but especially for autistic individuals where interoception can be a, a little tricky um, yeah. and um, kind of figuring out like, okay, what, how, how is my emotional state playing into my perception of this sensation in my body? Yeah. Um. What are the barriers for autistic adults of all ages when it comes to pain management? And we've just named interoception. Um, But um, among the things that is not always understood, both by autistics as well as um, caregivers, is how much trauma plays a role in pain. And let's be honest, autistics experience a lot of trauma either from our sensory our sensory processing or or just because of our social stigmas and the many things that impact us let's let's talk a little bit about what that barrier is and and how that impacts our our pain management sure absolutely so um and yeah I, i completely agree there so much there's so much trauma in the experience of, of autistic individuals. Um, and it, oh, yeah, it's. Yeah, very... I, can, I, I, can, I can make a whole, a whole I'm going to, you know, I'm actually going to have an episode in February with um, Tess Crombie, and we're going to talk about trauma, specifically Good. trauma, but yeah. Good. But, but yeah. please, go ahead. So, so how it affects pain. So trauma, um, so I was talking about the amygdala earlier and how important it is in pain processing. 
And when you've experienced trauma, um, the amygdala is more sensitive to stimuli. And so things that um, may feel safe for someone who has not experienced trauma do not feel safe for someone who has experienced trauma. And when you don't have that feeling of safety, your pain signals are likely to be amplified. Mm. Or, or is it also uh, fair to say that for some, the trauma is so much that there's a tendency to go numb, which is almost like hyposensitive. Do, do you agree with that too? Absolutely. So uh, yeah, that's where it's important to, um, uh, to talk about the role of dissociation in pain. Okay. Um, especially chronic pain. So dissociation is this feeling of disconnectedness from your body, from your emotions. Um, and a lot of times people, well, uh, it's a very common trauma reaction to dissociate from, from your body sensations, but also um, from emotions and to be disconnected in that way. And so when that happens, that can actually amplify the, the pain as well because when your brain doesn't realize that your body is safe because that connection is not really functioning, then the pain gets turned up. Like it's like, oh, I guess we need to produce more pain information and experience more pain because the dissociation is getting in the way of that connection. After this next commercial break, Aaron and I will talk about things like fibromyalgia for autistic people, as well as ways that you can communicate about your pain to medical providers. Please stay tuned. feel like all your support systems are in separate silos? Does it seem like there are mixed messages and you don't know which way to turn? Being part of a system is hard. It would be helpful to have the tools in your life toolbox to help navigate those silos. Looking Forward Life Coaching can provide support to fill that toolbox to prepare you to bridge those silos. Being person-centered, Looking Forward Life Coaching equips an individual to advocate for their needs. With Coaching One-on-One, -on -one, bridging the gap between the silos of services, you can feel more confident that your needs and desires are met. If you would like more information or would like to schedule a free meet and greet, please visit our website at www.lookingforwardlc.org or call us at 612-504-7414. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones Toward success. Autistic adults and their caregivers are benefiting immensely by today's autistic moment. I recently heard from someone who is a caregiver. They told me that they are learning more about autism and the challenges we live with from this podcast 
than they have from psychologists and specialists. Many autistic individuals live in areas where they do not have access to updated material and rely on this podcast to connect and network with other well-informed autistic people and qualified professionals who work with autistic people. When you become a patron of today's Autistic Moment, you assist me to continue this exciting and important work of delivering high-quality and essential information to autistic adults and their supporters. Go to todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the blue button to be taken to my Patreon page. You can support the podcast for a dollar or more. Also, be sure to share the episodes you listen to with others to expand the listening audience. Thank you for listening to and supporting today's Autistic Moment. Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com. What do you find is um, one of the common, um, you know, as you work with autistics in, in chronic pain management, uh, what, what, is, what are some of the common things that you just, that, that autistics bring to you, um, that, that, that experience of trauma that um, you find common, maybe that you've, you've found that you've had to really um, <clears throat> help them address? I guess. Sure. Um, you know, it really, it, it's pretty varied actually. I mean, there's yeah. a, so some of, uh, some of what we address is um, sexual experiences um, mm -hmm. like where they have felt like been unable to express their needs or, um, and had people like take advantage of that fact. Um, yeah. And it can have a very strong physiological reaction um, yeah. based on that. Yeah. Um, other um, other things can be like kind of like you were describing. Actually, like ongoing pain can also uh, be traumatic, more in the the little t sense of the word. 
not like as in it's life-threatening, but it feels like it is like to have a pain or to have some sort of physical symptom be ignored for a long time, especially when you've like sought help for it. Um, and to have people say, well, it's really nothing. Um, and then to find out, well, no, it's not nothing. It's actually something, um, to, it's a sort of this disruption in being seen or being attended to. Right. And, and you know, go ahead. No, no. Um, and with quite a few autistics who live with fibromyalgia, um, and they, they talk about how much that is a real source of regular yeah. pain for them. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Sure, sure. So um, fibromyalgia um, is uh, like a lot of chronic conditions, uh, a, a disease of imbalance of the autonomic nervous system. Right. Um, so I, just to kind of go through this for your, for your listeners, like in the autonomic nervous system, we have like two basic branches of the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Um, and we tend to have, um, so the sympathetic being kind of a started up branch, like where you're like the, the fight or flight response and the parasympathetic being the down regulating response where, um, the kind of rest and digest response. And so with, with um, things like fibromyalgia, you end up getting like these, these kind of like peaks and valleys in um, regulation um, where you get stuck on the on switch or stuck on the off switch. Um, and then the, the pain sensitivity just really is, is quite high with fibromyalgia um, right. and it's it's a real thing um, and also very much influenced by chronic stress and by having experienced trauma um, mm. because when you're in both of those states of like chronic stress and um, if you've experienced trauma then your nervous system is dysregulated yeah and especially if it's you know if it's caused by i mean there's there's pain, unfortunately, that most, I'm sure to say, many have to live with whether they want to or not. I mean, yes. um, for example, um, I, I know of one individual who um, has diabetes and must use insulin, and unfortunately, and that, sure. that needle is, is a lot of pain actually going in and out. And that has sure. to do, again, with their hypersensitivity to that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay, so as we move into my third question, uh, what steps should autistic adults and our supporters need to take to advocate for our needs? And before you answer, I have recently sort of changed my logo that I've often used. And that ending part of that logo is that I like to help autistic adults discover the tools and strengths we already have to do the work mm -hmm. of self-advocacy. Um, as I've been hosting today's Autistic Moment over this past year and talked with many autistic adults as guests and others, the thing is, is those strengths and tools are already there. It's just a matter of discovering them and putting them to use. Um, and so um, let's talk a little bit about self-advocacy in terms of pain management. Uh, 
Good question. question. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, when I think of, when I think of, of self-advocacy, boy, you know, some of that is just, um, you know, um, self-advocacy also includes um, helping ourselves to do the things we need to do to manage our pain. And, but it also includes things like explaining to others about what that pain is and maybe some things that we really need to do um, to manage that pain. Um, And so I think self-advocacy here would be, you know, again, how do we take care of our pain? Number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, how do we communicate about what that pain is like to people who may not identify with being autistic that sort of sure. thing sure so I'll, I'll start with the um communicating what that pain is like um i you know unfortunately uh, a lot of medical providers don't understand autism um oh. and it there may be some education involved um I mean, I, I would hope that some would be listening to this and to be able to say like, yes, okay, now I understand a little bit more about autism and pain. But I think the, the thing too, that um, autistic individuals may need to educate their medical providers about is like, hey, I'm autistic. Um, that means that when you try to look on my face for clues of how I'm feeling, you may not find what you're used to seeing in your neuro- neurotypical patients please don't take that as a sign that I'm not in pain because I am in pain. Yeah. So it may involve some very like straightforward discussions about, about this. Um, And you may also need to look around for providers who will understand that. Yeah. um, Yeah. And who will take that seriously. Yeah. Last week, last year when I was, interviewing Dr. Teresa Regan and we were talking about actually we were talking about aging autistic adults and we kind of remarked that it's kind of funny in a way that autistics who have issues with communicating need to communicate with providers as to what their <laughs> our needs are with things like this so yeah yes I mean it it is like yeah it's it's ironic that yeah. that is necessary and it's yeah, there needs to be more education in the in the medical field about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what are some things that some autistic adults can do for themselves um, to help them sure. with communicating those things to their to their their providers? I mean, um, yeah, yeah. So um, one thing that that can be helpful is to take notes um, to write down how your pain is on any given day. Um, create what, whatever kind of scale you need to create for yourself. Um, some people like to use like a, a 10 point scale. Some people like to use words to describe it. Um, but to bring that data in and to show um, your provider like, okay, this is what it's been like. Um, because as, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that it it's, a, it's easier to, um, to say like, to be able to record it for yourself um, in in the moment and to bring that in 
rather than to try to come up with it on on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be one one idea. Um, you know, I one of the things that can also be helpful, and this kind of gets more into self self care for for pain, is to is to really um, to work on being able to identify emotional state plus pain and to to be to develop a greater awareness of that um it's not the easiest task yeah (laughs) give some ideas as to how autistics can do that sure um so working working with a therapist can be very helpful especially one that understands pain and autism um which can be (laughs) challenging to find um one one tool that that I found very helpful is the um, the feelings wheel. I'm not sure if you're, you're familiar with that. Please describe. Yeah, so it's um, you can find it if you like just Google it. So the feelings wheel it starts with um, it has like a feelings in the center of it, and it kind of goes out, um, and it starts with like maybe. Um, like five or six different emotions in the middle. And then it kind of branches out of like different variations on those emotions. And to be able to, to look at those and to, to work with it and to say like, oh, what, what might this feel like? Or what might that feel like? Um, so developing your vocabulary of, of emotional words. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I guess that's something that, that I think of more as like what I would do clinically with someone like in, in the office. Yeah. yeah. Um, but being able to describe things in the language that works for you. Um, some people find that, um, that doing this visually can also be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 And in terms of, you know, our own management day to day. And, and, you know, a lot of what you're talking about um, includes things that I have said repeatedly is to become the expert about our own autistic, our own to autism and to become the the best person to communicate about our autism to others. Um, And that can be a lifetime journey, but it's still worth going on. Um, But, you know, um, you know, part of being the expert about communicating is to be telling our stories about what that pain is like for us. I mean, um, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I, I have had my own, my own experiences with my own medical providers. Um, I do happen to be a good advocate for myself. And I had one doctor that I saw that I explained to them what, how I understood my pain. And mm-hmm. they looked at me as to say, how in the world do you know that? You know, unfortunately, <laughs> there are people who do that. And there are doctors who will do things like that. Sure. You know, and I said, well, you'd be surprised. I said, you know, I do happen to know my body pretty well. I mean, I've been living yeah. in it for 50 years, you know, yeah. uh, but, you know, so, um, but yeah. And so, you know, and, and, and I actually wound up having to terminate my relationship with that doctor mm-hmm. because that doctor just would not explain and sometimes if you have a, have a doctor that doesn't understand, then sometimes you have to do that, find somebody yeah. who will. Um, 
And I, I agree that finding somebody who can do that can be a challenge in and of itself. But you really do have to um, do some self-care. And sometimes that includes uh, finding the right people that you can talk with or, or work with. And, you know, um, you know, um, let me see. What are some, what are, as part of what are some therapies that you use? Um, I know you actually spoke about some hypnotic therapy. Uh, yes, a few years ago. So, please talk about some of that. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that that I work with is um, clinical hypnosis. Um, mm -hmm. So hypnosis gets a, a really bad name in the yes. media, like, <laughs> yeah. like that's mind control or whatever, but um, that is not true. Um, there are many medical and mental health professionals who use it as part of their practice. Um, and really what it is, is getting you into a state of mind is to help the, the person that you're helping to get into this um, state of trance. Um, to um, be in a state where they're more relaxed and focused and open to suggestion. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a state that's naturally occurring, um, much like, um, uh, like a very deep meditation or sometimes even um, uh, like a state of flow, you might um, think of it. Like mm -hmm. there are, and um, like I've, I, you can, um, so it's it's a it's a way to open your mind to think about things in different ways and um, to be in a very deep state of re relaxation and that deep state of relaxation that you can get into when you're in a trance state can be very helpful for managing pain um, because when when you're relaxed and regulated and your nervous system is regulated then that helps you to develop a feeling of safety in your body, mm. which also um, reduces the experience of pain when you can feel safe. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I so when I um, do hypnosis with my clients, I, I usually make a recording so that they can then listen to that recording and do self hypnosis um, in between sessions and help to. Um, be able to get themselves into this the state of trance so they can experience that deep relaxation and focus yeah um so that's one way in which i would use hypnosis another way would be in helping to um experience the sensations in 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 the in the client's bodies um so in a in a safe way and to also to reduce that um that sense of alarm and threat that comes with the experience of pain um, and to start to have more and more experiences like that over time where the um, sensation becomes uh, less troublesome and less threatening. Mm. Um, of course, we need to make sure that there is no um, actual threat to with with whatever this sensation is like uh what i make sure is that the clients already have known that like okay this is chronic pain this is not an acute injury i'm getting the care that i need for this and now we can work on on working with that sensation to um 
to help it be less um, uh, less alarming when it happens. After this final commercial break, Erin and I will talk a little bit about the strengths that many autistics have with chronic pain management, as well as some apps that can be used to assist with pain management and how you can contact her, followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned. The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for their clients and coworkers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, please call us at 612-824-4348 or visit us at lifesuperior.com forward slash autism. On February 7th, Tass Cronby will talk with us about eating disorders for autistic adults. According to researchers, autistic adults are 4.9 to 29.9% higher risk of developing eating disorders. There are many types of eating disorders besides anorexia and bulimia that are never openly talked about. Sensitivity to food textures, digestive issues, and interoception play a big part in eating disorders for autistic people. Finding qualified medical professionals who can work with the diagnoses of autism and eating disorders is very complicated to say the least. Don't miss our insightful conversation. I am very sad to announce that TAS will not be available to join me for the second show in February. I am so very grateful for their excellent interviews. My guest for that show will be announced at a later date. The topic on February 21st will be Trauma, an Unavoidable Consequence. Trauma for autistics comes from things like abusive relationships, rejection, unemployment, ableism, people who question how autistic we are because of functioning labels, Trauma takes on many forms, including, but not limited to, post-traumatic stress disorder. Listen to this episode to learn more about trauma and become active in helping to reduce trauma for autistic adults. March is Women's History Month. In honor of the occasion, I am preparing two very exciting shows. On March 7th, Rosemarie Carrero will be my guest to talk about adult autistic women. 
There are those who still believe that women cannot be autistic. It is myths such as this that makes it difficult for women to get an accurate evaluation and diagnosis of autism. Rose will join me to talk about how social expectations play a huge role in how female and male autistics are seen and treated or mistreated. Female autistics deal with dismissal or punishment for being, quote, overreacting, end of quote. On March 21st, Michelle Newman will join me to talk about autistic postmenopausal women. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. As you've worked with autistics uh, with chronic pain management, what have you found have been some of the strengths that you find that autistics really have to work with chronic pain management? Um, boy, that that differs so much for, from autistic yeah. person to person. That's um, fine, but for still. Some, for some, some of the strengths are really, um, vivid imagination mm-hmm. um, and really being able to picture and visualize um, the pain in, in, in very vivid ways mm-hmm. so that then they can work with it imaginally. Um, that, that's a really big strength that I see. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, I got to add, put some positive here you know, as we work with the reality of these things. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for any online resources that autistic adults might look into um, to maybe as far as chronic pain management? Um, You know, I would think you could look into um, this. It's a, it's an app. It's called Curable. people have very different reactions to it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, It's very much based in pain neuroscience and um, cognitive behavioral therapy. If you don't really, if you, if you don't already know a lot of information about pain, it can be really helpful. If you do, you might feel like you're being preached to, Um, but it can be, that's one that might be helpful. Um, Okay. Other, just simply anything like a, a guided meditation for relaxation, um, anything that can help you to to work on that balance of the autonomic nervous system. Um, I've heard people have very good success with the Calm app um, or Headspace in like learning how to to meditate um, because meditation is something that can be very helpful with. Um, 
bringing overall bringing down the um, uh, alarm level in the body and the brain. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, well, thank you very much for this. Uh, this has been yeah. extremely informative, and I'm and I'm so happy that you've been here um, to um, to talk about this issue. Um, my final question is: I often ask this from my guests. Um, if there's some listeners of mine who are in chronic pain, what might be some things you might say to them to kind of give them some thoughts, some things to think about, maybe a little encouragement or some things like that. Got any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I think I would say that um, pain is real and it can also be greatly influenced by the way that you think about it and respond to it and that you have more power than you think over how you experience pain. Yeah. Well, that's very good. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Well, um, if I have listeners who might like to contact you and ask you questions, how can they do that? Um, they can contact me through my website, um, Aaron BD licsw.com there's a contact me form on there um, okay. that would probably be the easiest way good great yeah. okay Erin well thank you so much for this I think you've uh, given us a lot to think about so thank you very much for being here well thank you I appreciate the opportunity and the work that you do thank you today's autistic community bulletin board Understanding Autism virtual classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be held on February 21st from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. March 21st from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. April 18th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. May 16th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. On January 25th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Gillian Nelson will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Creating Autistic-Friendly Social Spaces. Society frames autistic people as not wanting to have friends. This is far from the truth. Autistic socialization looks different, and sometimes that creates challenges in building friendships and social groups. In this session, we will talk about how to create different types of social spaces and engagement to have greater success connecting with autistic and neurotypical people alike. On February 8th, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Eric Ringenberg will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Video Modeling, Why it is Useful, and How to Create One. Video modeling is an effective strategy for learning and developing many types of skills. This session will review what video modeling is, 
describe types of video models that can be used, and demonstrate how to create a video model using technology you may have or can get at a minimal expense. On February 22nd, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Jillian Nelson will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Food and Function, Mealtime Solution When Executive Functioning Isn't on the Menu. Jillian will share her lived experience in navigating mealtime with significant autistic challenges including motor skill and executive functioning deficits and consideration of dietary needs that make meal prep and planning a daunting task. She will share shopping hacks, cooking tricks, and useful kitchen tools, and a variety of life lessons that make autistic mealtime less overwhelming and more enjoyable. To get information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota, please go to awesome dot org. That's A-U-S-M dot org. Make plans now to attend the 2022 Minnesota Autism Conference April 27th to the 29th, 2022 at the Hyatt Regency in Bloomington, Minnesota. There will be both in-person and virtual events offered. Registration will open soon. Go to A-U-S-M org for more information. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Visit them at lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Please send emails to today about today's Autistic Moment to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.